Hey guys, how are you all doing? We have Brian R. Johnson with us today on our Seller Speak session. Welcome to the show, Brian. Happy to have you here. Glad to be here. Thank you. So Ryan is a serial entrepreneur. He's been selling online on Amazon for about five years and uh, prior to that on eBay for about seven years. And uh, he started PPC Scope in, an, in 2015, which is a PPC analytics uh, platform. And he's also started uh, advertising company called Canopy Management. Um, and he's provided consultancy services to a quite a lot of uh, well-known brands um, and um, he's also uh, created a Facebook group called PPC Troubleshoot, um, Amazon PPC Troubleshoot, uh, which is hosting about 15,000 members uh, who are actively discussing uh, questions and answers. Is there anything that I'm missing, Ryan? No, I think, I think no? uh, yeah, you hit, you hit it. Yep. Awesome, awesome. I'm really happy to have you on the show, Ryan. Um, and so let's let's uh, dive right in. So first up, uh, since this is the year end, let's review how 2018 has been for us in terms of Amazon advertising. Um, there have been a lot of exciting new changes, hasn't there? Uh, new features released in uh, sponsored products and sponsored brands in 2018. Can you bring our viewers up to speed with these new changes? Yeah, I mean, so there's been a number of changes, of course, with Amazon consolidating um, some of their ad platforms. Uh, there's a number of reasons for that, including uh, not wanting to have the uh, the programming and development staff and, and management staff in order to, to handle two different areas, but it's also to make it so that um, the platforms are more flexible. So previously they would have um, more of a split between uh, vendors and large business enterprise uh, brands uh, versus the, the 3P or the, the private label sellers. Um, with uh, Seller Central. And so they did a lot more merging of the technology, certainly within the, uh, the what we used to be called like Amazon Marketing Services. They just switched over to advertising.amazon. Uh, and that can combined uh, some of the, the vendor items, some of the uh, Amazon Marketing Services, uh, some advertising options for merge, uh, merge by Amazon. Um, and so they, they merged a lot of those together at the same time, they upgraded some of the reporting features that were available in that platform as well. And at the same time, they updated uh, the reporting features in Seller Central. And they seem to be on a very aggressive uh, track this year um, in order to, to roll those similar features out. So only they only have to, theoretically, they only have to manage one set of code for both uh, platforms. There is some overlap. Uh, but they are definitely working more toward consolidation and they'll, they'll still continue to have a split for some of their, their paid um, advertisers as in those that actually pay Amazon for their, their monthly uh, consulting. Um, and then basically everybody else will primarily use uh, Seller Central with a little bit of the, the AMS features as well. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I think it's a super exciting time for our uh, Seller Central guys over here. And um, uh, according to what are the top factors that contribute to conversions on Amazon, both organic and paid? Well, certainly, um, you know, uh, as Amazon continues to push, um, you know, year over year, they continue to push for higher relevance. They essentially demand that the sellers are 
trying to focus into smaller product targeting rather than just trying to appeal to everybody. Um, and so what we find is it's a lot easier to rank organically um, and sell as well as to do the advertising targeting if we actually know who the intended target audience is, you know, like, like many ad platforms outside of Amazon that are much more mature, but we're starting to get to the point where we're getting better information about who the target audience is, what kind of search terminology and how they're finding our products. Um, and Amazon is going to reward us by focusing the content of our product listing and the targeting to focus in on specific, um, you know, smaller audiences. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, so I would say, I mean, from a, from a conversion standpoint, relevance is absolute number one. Yeah. Uh, product quality, of course, has to be there. It's kind of like a minimum requisite because otherwise you'll get uh, trashed on the product reviews. Um, certainly uh, not simply just having, uh, you know, previously it was better to have, like, say, a low, you know, a low price. And that was considered like, okay, it's a low price, a competitive price, and you end up price wars. But really it's understanding how does your product position against other competitors within a specific price point within a price range if you may have other products uh, competitive products that are you know in a 20 to 30 dollar price point and you're in the 30 to 40 dollar price point those are two different audiences they really are and they should be targeted separately and they should be treated separately both from a competitive standpoint as well as uh, a targeting and um, you know product listing uh, you know, the content development um, needs to be adjusted according to even within the price point. So it's requiring, like is done everywhere outside of Amazon, it requires us uh, as seller to do a lot more work to gain more expertise. And those that don't step up and learn and grab the resources and try to stay on top of everything, uh, they either need to out learn how to outsource quickly or they need to just learn to like, okay, I'm going to have to put in extra work in order to figure out the details. There's not a, oh, I'm going to just turn on an automatic campaign or I'm just going to throw up a listing and it'll just magically work. Uh, th those days are long gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, speaking of which, what do you think about the kind of keywords that people have to select, right? You, you were just talking about how um, uh, keywords play a big role in um placing, positioning a product uh, in terms of pricing or in terms of other competitors in the same niche, so to speak. So uh, do you have anything to say about the keyword selection in here? Well, certainly, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things, certainly in my agency, we, we spend a, an ex, you know, a very large amount of time on competitive and keyword research because we're, we're, not, we're certainly not going to rely on just some of the standard keyword research tools that are available. That's not enough. So first of all, we'll start out with three or four of the most popular keyword research tools, but we go well beyond that. And we've got our own proprietary technology and our own processes for that. And really what we're trying to find is where can we differentiate each of our products from the competitors who are using everybody else's tools and they're all the same kind of list of keywords and everybody's competing for the same thing. We, we tend to go, uh, we take a different road, <laughs> if you will, is that, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll bid on the more competitive keywords, but not as aggressively unless we see there's some additional benefits, such as we can rank higher organically because of additional sales velocity. But really, we're trying to be in a much wider, have a much wider footprint and be in places where our competitors don't even know exist. And so that's kind of, 
it's it's more about again it kind of throws back to that it's more work but if you do it it will pay off right Definitely. And um, speaking about both organic and paid, uh, one quick question. Um, so, uh, you know, the whole flywheel thing where uh, once you start running uh, sponsored campaigns and then you get a lot of sales from PPC campaigns and then that contributes to organic ranking, right? So, um, again, correlating the uh, PPC sales with organic. So what is your opinion about uh, how, how much of an influence does uh, PPC sales have on organic ranking and organic sales, therefore? Yeah, I mean, it definitely does have uh, an influence on organic ranking and organic sales. I think it's often overstated just uh-huh. for, for marketing uh, for marketing, it's overstated as far as what the value is. Uh, but I would say the, the, I think the assumption that I commonly hear is that if you just turn on advertising, then you're naturally just going to rank higher organically. And it doesn't work that easy. Um, it's more of a case of if you can identify what the specific search terms are that convert well for your product through advertising, and you have a competitive ability to increase your uh, organic search position for those keywords, uh, by being very aggressive on very specific keywords, then definitely take advantage of that. But it's not like a, just a shotgun where you can just apply it to everything and it'll just magically all work. You have to be very focused as far as where, I mean, again, I, 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 it wasn't my intention to kind of like to come in and say, it's like, y'all, y'all have to work harder. But the, the, the environment is definitely presenting. It's like, like if you do extra effort, you'll, you'll get the ROI. Maybe not, you know, right away, but you know, if if you if you spend the time and um, you know you get more effort, it's it's kind of hard to do on an individual basis. Um, it usually requires some kind of uh, team and outsourcing in order to to help you know get that done, if you will, the extra work. Awesome. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And also, Amazon is becoming extremely competitive. And everybody's uh, trying to train themselves on uh, more and more and trying to work harder. So it's just, yeah, um, I completely agree with you. And um, do you have any hacks for our viewers uh, about how to inv- increase conversions or get more ROI? You know, I mean, so, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a, per- it's a perception based off of what it is, what's the objective or what's the goal of the individual seller. Um, really, I mean, I usually start out by saying it's like, okay, you really have to understand as far as what you're focused on right now, what determining your, what your own definition of maximizing returns. If I'm launching a brand new product, I'm going to use a launch strategy to get, uh, my product in front of as many people, many relevant shoppers as I can with, um, with very aggressive advertising and third party promotion, perhaps off, off Amazon advertising. That would be part of a product launch that I might use for one to two months. It can be expensive, but it works. It works well. Um, other objectives, uh, at least from an advertising standpoint, is understanding, um, like learning who your target audience is, more of a research method. Um, essentially doing prospect ads in order to figure out who, which kind of search terminology that the shoppers are using in order to find and purchase your product so that you can then continue to focus in on what's working and narrow down into a target audience. It's, it's about learning the audience. Um, that can usually take, you know, a couple of months and it can be just, frankly, it can be ongoing, but it does need to be managed. Um, others include, 
Um, if you're just trying to increase your organic position, you might be more aggressive in specific keywords in order to increase sales velocity. Like I said earlier, it's not about um, being aggressive on advertising on everything. Be very, very focused on just the keywords that you know you'll actually get the return on your investment on. The ones where you can actually move the needle, where you can actually move your organic ranking up because there is enough conversions that you on your product from an individual search term or keyword, and there's less resistance. In other words, the, the competition is weak enough that there's less resistance for you to move up uh, through additional advertising. Um, other things, you know, usually it comes down after a while, <laughs> you usually have to go get back to profitability at some point. Profitability, you know, the hacks on profitability is primarily just having a good. Uh, weekly optimization process. That's certainly, I've got a nine-step checklist that I teach publicly. My own internal agency team, we've got a 24-step process <laughs> that we use internally. So um, it, you know, just, just optimizing on a weekly basis um, will definitely keep those costs down. And over time, ideally, the that it's not so much a hack, it's more of a strategy, and that is continue to focus in on the, the Pareto, you know, the 80-20, that 20% of those keywords that are producing 80% of the sales, that's what your focus should be on. It shouldn't be on like, I've got to be everywhere and test everything. It's how can I continually focus in on what's going to provide the best return on ad spend. Um, and then, and I think this actually, will we'll, we'll probably discuss this later, and that is um, don't get, don't trap your ads into just one keyword match type, which is a common mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so, uh, let's just switch back to product targeting for just a bit. We were just talking about how Amazon has, uh, released new features. And, uh, so let's, let's talk more about product targeting. What are the different features available in automatic and manual targeting? And also, um, if you can just talk about what are the advantages that it brings, um, you know, that we didn't have before, maybe. Certainly. So, I mean, there's a couple things on this. So, um, with the new, um, and, and I say new, these, these rolled out back in October, um, and we're in December now, so, um, but they haven't rolled out to everybody. So not every seller central account will actually have these features. Um, but there are three primary um, advertising options within seller central. That's going to be your sponsor products. Um, that's going to be the sponsor brands, which formerly was known as headline uh, search ads. And then you have display ads, which are not product display ads like Amazon Marketing Services had. They're actually an external remarketing ad. Uh, those are very limited as far as who, who has access to those. Um, with sponsor product ads, uh, of course, we have the manual and the automatic targeting types. With the automatic, um, they've introduced uh, better reporting. Um, as far as the different match types, um, those include uh, the close match type, where it's where the uh, it's basically what is it? It's, a, it's ads that are showing that are directly related to the the content of your product. So it's very highly it's very uh, relevance driven um, advertising. You have loose match, which is more of that's kind of more of the shotgun, where it's just like like let's just put it out for anything that's even remotely close as part of the search term. We're gonna we're gonna show your ad. Um, you know, obviously, if everybody's doing that, then your ad is still only going to be shown to a, a very near, you know a smaller group. Um, so it's kind of the targeting is very low on that one. 
you have um, substitutes. Substitutes is similar to what we would see traditionally as far as if you're on a product listing and you've got sponsored products related to this product, that would be basically supplements uh, or substitutes, excuse me. Substitutes, um, basically these are alternative products that we're going to show an ad for you. Um, that would be substitutes. And then complements would be products that are directly related to your product. They might be accessories, they might be, um, you know, if you sell a watch, then maybe, uh, you know, a complement would be a watch band. And if you're selling a phone, a complement might be a phone case, you know, these kinds of things. Um, the, the ads show for that very, uh, are very limited on that one. But these are things that the traditional automatic campaigns have always shown the ads for. You know, and they go beyond that. In fact, this is actually just kind of the first pass that Amazon is doing as far as with the close, loose substitutes and compliments. That's just kind of the, the first four. But they also uh, get into, um, you know, related categories, parent, child, you know, sibling uh, subcategories. They get into, um, you know, competitive as far as like the sales channels um, coming into Amazon. Uh, so there's a lot more data that still we don't have access to, uh, but it's it's more visibility into what type of, and actually gives us the ability in newer automatic campaigns to be able to adjust the bidding on um, uh, on those different on those four different types of, of automatic targeting matches, um, you know, so that you can emphasize one or the other. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I would say that certainly the close match, um, oftentimes what happens on this is that somebody wants to relate it to the keyword match types. And so the close match is more like, is similar to a, an exact match, I suppose, in that it is intentionally supposed to be more targeted. Originally when it first rolled out, it didn't have as much uh, ad impressions and visibility as the loose match. However, we've seen over the past two months where that has changed to so the Amazon is getting better at focusing in and showing the ads on a close match. So we're starting to see more ad impressions and more orders come in through the close match. I'm not sure if they just kind of loosened up the restrictions on that one or if they're, if it's, if, if it's a learning algorithm that is adjusting over time. It could also be the more accessible to more uh, advertisers that it's become it certainly has become more competitive the cost per clicks and the a and the resulting a cost has certainly uh, jumped up in the past two months compared to what it first started out at um, loose match is probably going to get your second batch of orders and have the next amount of ad impressions showing and that's just more of that like like let's just try to show it to anybody that's even relevant to this product <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, in your experience, uh, I mean, uh, do you think everybody, all like beginners and immediate sellers and power sellers, like should all of them use all the four match types or is there a strategy that you would probably recommend, uh, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would recommend take on what you know you can manage. You know, it, it's easy to go in and say, hey, here's a new feature. Let me try it out and then forget about it. And then two months later, you're it's like, oh, why do I have a 700% ACoS? You know, uh, you know, because I wasn't paying attention to it. So if you don't have uh, the, the habit and the, and the process or the resources, you know, whether that's your own internal team or, you know, an outsourcing, you know, virtual assistant or something like that that can help you stay on top of that, uh, you know, only take only... <laughs> 
it's like how to eat an elephant, elephant one bite at a time, right? Um, it's it's uh, you know only take on what you think you can actually manage on a week to week basis. You know that's that's part of mm. uh, you know there's there's, there's going to be a lot more options because there's a lot more that you can do. There's a lot more insights that are available now in the advertising. Uh, most sellers, they don't have time to do that because they need to be focused on product sourcing and quality control and those kinds of, um, you know, those kind of challenges. Absolutely. And what kind of insights are you talking about? Well, so for instance, um, when it comes to, and this, this jumps over more to, um, you know, when it comes to, like say the, the sponsored ads, uh, automatic campaigns and those close mass loose match, it's more of you're seeing what, Basically, how uh, how Amazon is automatically targeting your ads, they're showing your ads based off of relevance to the product, and you can test to see uh, change. You know that how that might change over time if you are uh, testing different content um, or even category or title or images um, that might change. Uh, if you're like you can split basically split test, but if you change the content or the perception of the product to a more general audience to a more specific audience, does that uh, change how Amazon decides to show your ads based off of its perception of buyer intent and things that we don't see um, and certainly relevance. That would be one thing from the sponsored ad side from a sponsored brand side. Um, you know, the, 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 the options as far as storefronts and storefront insights um, there's a whole wealth of data that's available to a number of sellers who have access to things like storefront insights and, and being able to build custom storefronts and individual product lists uh, through sponsored brand ads that um, gives a lot more insight as far as, you know, what type, it gives you more information. It certainly doesn't give you all the demographic information that you might have with more advanced uh, platforms but we're starting to get a better feel for our target audience and kind of validate maybe what we have. Uh, we, we might theorize as a seller as far as who our target or our ideal audience is. We're getting more insights to validate that, um, if that might be true. Interesting, yeah, definitely. And I think all of us have to like uh, check out these insights and then uh, keep optimizing the campaigns for sure. And one of the things that I've uh, often observed is that um, product placement also plays a major role in conversions, right? So relevance is definitely one of the most important things. And also, uh, where is it placed? Is it placed uh, in a detail page where um, right next to a competitor, which is not even relevant to your product or, you know, all the way down to the, at the bottom. So that is one of the... Uh, I, I would say that, that it is one of the most important things as well uh, that contributes to, um, you know, conversions. So what are your thoughts on that? And uh, what do you think um, sellers can do to get to the top of the page? And how can they control the whole situation? Well, again, so it is is certainly a lot about, um, I, I definitely agree with you on that, is that relevance plays a huge part as far as whether or not you actually yeah. get um, ultimately get a conversion out of your ad being placed, for instance. So you figure is that um, your ads could be running for search terms and, and keywords that, that you know are directly re relevant to your product. But if you search on Amazon and all the products that come back are not related to your product, the search term might be very relevant to your product, but the results that the shoppers are seeing are not relevant to your product. And so you lose contact, you lose the relevance uh, advantage there. 
when it comes to some of the new um, targeting features, like for instance, on the sponsored ads, uh, sponsored product ads, manual targeting, you've got some new features. Um, in addition to the existing keyword targeting, you've got product targeting. Within product targeting, you have the ability to target um, specific competitors um, or the brands, and a lot of times that does require some. If you're gonna if you're gonna dive into the individual product targeting, you've really got to narrow it down to where do I want my ad to show next to uh, another product. As you mentioned earlier, as far as a product, your ad showing up on somebody else's like a competitor's product detail page. Uh, ideally, you want your ads only showing on products that are relevant to the audience, and that may be a loose relevance, as in it may not be the exact same product, but it may be, it still may be the same audience. Um, you know, so somebody who is, excuse me, somebody who is uh, searching for, you know, dog food might be in the market for, um, you know, a dog collar. I'm just, coming up with an example here, right? And so it's fine for you to, it, it's relevant enough. You're not, you don't have to have your ad running on another dog collar listing. It can be other, you know, similar areas, but it's it's about, it's more about the audience than it is about your product against your competitor's product. Yep. There's also gonna be cases where you improve your chances of getting a uh, an ad that will convert better if you can limit as far as where your ad is shown based off of your competitive ability. So if you have a product that has, um, you know, a four star, you know, have four star reviews and sells for $20 and your ad is running on a competitor's product detail page that has four or five stars and is for $18, you know, for is cheaper. There's not really a compelling reason for a shopper to jump away from the product detail page that they've already landed on. They've already found themselves in order to go look at something that, well, that doesn't that looks like it's the same product, it's just higher priced, or it has lower reviews, or there's nothing compelling in that comparison. So you really want to make sure that if your ad is running, take some time in order to figure out who am I actually targeting, who are my weak players. You know, one of the things you can look at directly from your search term reports, your advertising, is look at all the ASINs that your ad is currently showing uh, that is coming up as a search term with an ASIN. Look at those ads and see, okay, which ones are actually converting for my product? Those are your weaker competitors that you could probably successfully run additional ads on. They may not be huge, you know, uh, they don't may not get a huge amount of traffic, but you have a much more likelihood if you already converted for them once through your advertising. If you be more aggressive in that advertising, you could probably show up and probably convert even more. Absolutely, yes. Yes, definitely. And um, going back to the topic of match types, you were just talking about how, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, one of the most common questions, at least in a lot of forums, is that, uh, do I use all all of the three match types uh, at the same time, or do I use from uh, like a put a funnel there, brought to phrase to exact? So you wanted to talk about that earlier, and uh, yeah, so right. Well, I know certainly. So this is something that I've taught, you know, to my community, to my uh, my training course um, students, um, certainly within my own agency. Um, is 
this is something that, that changes over time because Amazon changes as far as where they put their focus on which keyword match types, how they add show, um, when, you know, when they prefer to show ads, um, you know, the, the cost of those, those different match types. Um, it, it's gone through a number of iterations. I think it probably changes probably two or three times a year. Uh, current best practice on that one that, that I teach is um, start out with phrase match. Phrase match is currently and has been for about the past year is going to get the most exposure. It's going to get the most uh, visibility by, uh, by a potential target audience. Um, and then as those terms, as the search terms convert on a phrase match, um, then test those out in exact and broad as well. So we're not leaving one behind. We're then we're basically testing all three match types just on the converting terms to see if there is a better performing match type. There's a common uh, uh, counter opinion, <laughs> we'll call it, um, as far as uh, there's a there's a technique outside of Amazon that's used to migrate from uh, a you know a broad match and then migrate that over to phrase match and then migrate over to exact match and exact match is the final destination um, which works fine in Google AdWords it doesn't work as well on, on Amazon because Amazon's an e-commerce platform it actually has uh, better data and it's also using artificial intelligence and deep learning in order to assess the intent of the shopper in that moment and so they're going to change which ads and which um, match types are being shown based off of their perception, their prediction of what the intent is of that shopper in that moment. If they have a high confidence, yeah, they'll probably show an exact match if it's available, which is great. And that's where, that's where many sellers stop and they go, oh, well, I guess match, exact match type is, is that's the buying audience. Those are the ones I want to show it to. Problem with that, of course, is that Amazon is only confident in, in their intent about 20% of the time. So if you only commit to exact match, you've now limited yourself to only 20% of the potential sales you would have. So I would say the phrase match is, is definitely my go-to first, and then I test out the other ones. Um, it's not uncommon for us to, to do negative matching inside of our broad campaign, um, and we try to focus more on the phrase and exact match. Uh, but sometimes we have keywords that it simply just performs the best, inside of a broad, broad match. And unfortunately, that's something you gotta test on a keyword by keyword basis. Definitely, yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. And also it depends on uh, the product. And, um, and another big thing is uh, the keywords that might be, um, like you were talking about how different match types work certain, certain times and certain times not. And a major role um, uh, is, is uh, played by keywords themselves, right? So, so certain times, uh, certain keywords might be working really well for you and um, just a month later, it might not. So um, have you seen this happen uh, and what is your experience? Yeah, it does happen. I would say that it's more about, uh, about more about relevance. Um, and so for, for Amazon to change, to, to shift and say that this keyword is less relevant for your product is probably not actually about your own product. It's probably more about having a stale product that hasn't been modified or updated in content or image or anything in the last six months to a year. And after a while, I'm just like, okay, the seller's not even trying, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to test out other products that are constantly split testing their, their content. 
updating their listings, they're launching new products. They're actually trying to be, uh, to have, you know, I mean, it's maybe that's giving Amazon a bit too much credit as far as how much insight they're paying attention to us as sellers. But at the same time, uh, we definitely see where regular split testing of content um, seems to revive uh, campaigns and organic listings that may start to slide. Usually the reason for that slide, either in advertising or in organic, is uh, because of change in Amazon's perception as far as relevance. Um, that's where things need to continue to be tightened up um, you know, if you're if you're still if you have product listings that are still using the content that you use when you first created the product, it's, it's time to update it. <laughs> you know, I mean, do it do it in small increments. Start out, you know, with um, um, you know description and back end terms and you know your your basic content um, listings, um, and then ultimately decide very carefully on things as far as like uh, image changes or title changes or uh, category changes. Definitely split testing on images. Um, we, we certainly believe in within our agency is an important thing to do. I, I completely agree with you. And that is one of the things that is uh, overlooked a lot of times because um, it has it it, it has so much power. So um, you can immediately know what image is working for you and what title uh, works the best. So this is something that is not being taken seriously, I, I feel. Um, and another thing is, um, yeah, so what do you think is the best practice? Uh, so uh, how many days or weeks once should, um, you know, uh, should the listings be optimized? Um. <coughs> I mean, it's, it's, here's what I'll tell you is Amazon is looking every, every hour, you know, um, they, they look every hour and they, they do, they kind of do an assessment every hour, every day, every week, every month, every quarter, you know, every six months and every year. So, um, you know, I would say that probably if you're, if you're doing some kind of a change or an update, um, on a month, <laughs> excuse me, on a monthly basis, um, that will probably cover as far as the relevance and, and reduce keyword slide, if you will. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, you know, to do it, you know, to do it daily or weekly might be a little bit aggressive, but there are some specific strategies as far as weekly updates. Um, but I would say for, for the most, um, you know, I think probably the biggest check for most sellers, like if you have not, touch the content of a product listing in the last three months, mm -hmm. it's time to revisit that. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, sure. And another thing that contributes to listing optimization would be the keyword feedback. So you uh, pick the converting keywords and then put it into obvious space like uh, title, bullet points uh, to increase conversions, uh, to increase the relatability factor, right? So one of the questions that I, I, uh, I asked the most uh, is, um, so when you change the keywords um, or the order of the keywords, um, so uh, most most um, most people ask me that uh, will it have an impact on the ranking? Suddenly I'm indexed for let's say dog collar, and if I introduce another keyword in between dog and collar, will it uh, will I uh, will my rank drop for dog collars? Right. So what do you think about that? Yeah, as far as because you're talking about you know I mean there's terminology that most people probably are not familiar with, but certainly somebody in SEO would be, and that's as far as like bridging and proximity and, you know, some of these kind of, 
you know, terms as far as how close keywords are and are they in specific phrases. I've always recommended to try to focus in on specific phrases, mm -hmm. not try to uh, stuff keywords in the middle and hope that Amazon will automatically bridge. Um, it's not that Amazon doesn't have the capability to, to see three different phrases within a chunk of five words, right? It's, it's more about um, if, if they're going to, they, they have, so, you have so many competitors who are already doing it, who may use very specific phrases and not try to intermingle, uh, basically commingle a, a keyword phrase. Um, it's easier for Amazon just to select somebody else who seems like they're trying to target better. Mm -hmm. You know, they want us to focus on relevance. They want us to target better. They're going to make choices based off of uh, very specific uh, targeting. Uh, so I would always recommend that try to, you know, identify, use the advertising to identify as far as what are the, the search term phrases, the specific phrase that is not simply just converting, but maybe is, is providing the, the best, um, you know, from an advertising standpoint, you can say, well, the, the best return on that ad spend, but from an organic spend uh, side, it doesn't really matter how much the ad spend was or what the ad cost was. It's, it's not relevant. It's about what has actually converted, what is getting a high click-through rate. High click-through rate in your advertising is a strong signal for things like your image and your title and your price. As far as the, the relevance to that shopper, as far as whether or not you're attracting the shopper that's looking for your pro type of product. Um, but I would say as far as like the phrases that uh, you know convert the best, and ideally they're not one or two word high competition phrases, they're ones that actually are, I wouldn't necessarily say long tail, but I would say like three to five word phrases, um, and try to put those forward, in other words, toward the front of the, com the popular content fields, you know, the bullet points or the title, try to have them the first, you know, 50, 60 characters is a good practice. Um, from there, start adding on your second, you know, your secondary and tertiary phrases uh, after that. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, very valid. Make sure that it's readable. Anything that I, I'm a, I, I love studying uh, shopper behavior because there's so many things that um, it's easy to pick up when it when it comes to the SEO or the quality of a product listing is if you read it from a standpoint of not, oh, somebody searched for this, this, this phrase, and therefore I need to have this phrase, you know, have a high keyword density and have this, you know, spread throughout the listing, or I need to have a lead with. Uh, the readability, a lot of people, a lot of sellers think that the readability is about like, oh, does it have my target keyword phrases? That's important, but I would say the reason that you, that, that most product listings lose um, their their audience that's the lose the shopper. It doesn't take much a misspelling, a uh, a character that's been improperly converted, uh, you know, bad you know a bad phrase. Just basically, if you're targeting somebody who is um, in a native English language speaker, you better make sure that there's no language mistakes in there. You know, because people, it's surprising how sensitive people are, and that applies to any language. You want to have a native language speaker that is able to to double check or quality check the content to make sure there's not some really easy common mistakes that simply just put off a shopper and say, oh, these people, they don't even, you know, it, it like, <laughs> like I'm bad that way as far as like spelling mistakes. <laughs> and so 
I'll see that in a listing or I'll see that in something. And it's easy for me to just kind of immediately dismiss it as like, oh, it's suddenly now it's lower quality because there was a misspelling on one word. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of petty. But if you think of shoppers as being petty, you know, the SEO has got to just be nailed as far as, you know, perfect language. That is, that is uh, super in insightful, given that a lot of sellers are not from the U.S. and their native uh, uh, languages uh, might not be English, right? So that's, that's interesting. And um, I would have, um, I have so many questions to ask, but I'm afraid that we're running out of time. Sure. Um, so before we wind up, uh, I'd like two questions uh, to be answered. So one is about Q4. Um, uh, so Christmas is just like a couple of weeks from now. Um, do you have any uh, strategies that you'd like to recommend our sellers, uh, especially for Christmas? Well, certainly, I mean, we're, we're running into the last week. Um, three days prior to Christmas Day is when sales are going to dry up. So you figure the 22nd, your sales are going to vanish. If, you're, if this is your first season, be, be aware that um, once Prime Day is no longer an appeal to the shopper, you know, or not Prime Day, but the, the two-day Prime shipping uh, is no longer available, it's too late. You know, it doesn't matter if there's a one, oh, we've got a one-day option. No, it doesn't matter. There's so many Prime, um, prime subscription, um, Prime subscribers uh, that, that take advantage of the two-day. I know certainly it has trained me to... Uh, to, to be very demanding in my shipping. Um, I ordered something from a nut from a retailer's website and I was shocked that it was going to take five days to get to me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, like, how could that be? You know? Um, but in the meantime, um, it's not uncommon for, for a seller who is excited that yes, they're making sales and they start, uh, doing even more, they either get desperate and try to advertise more heavily, um, or they're enjoying the sales and they decide to advertise more heavily. They start spending money without really thinking about the consequence of it, if they're going to get an ROI on it. They say, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm selling like crazy, and yeah, sure, I've got 100% in-cost. That's fine until the week after Christmas when all the sales ends and all it stops, and Amazon says, okay, now we want to be paid for all this advertising you did. Make sure you understand what your break-even net profit margins are, your, your break-even ACOS, break-even bid, so that you know if your advertisements are in alignment. And absolutely shift from, uh, I'm just going to advertise to everything, to pick your top five, you know, five to ten search terms. Focus all of your energy on those five to ten search terms, especially in the, this last, you know, ten days or so. Um, because Everything else is, is spending money with a chance of, of selling versus go with what you know works uh, and is going to give you the conversion and make sure you know what your break-even cost is so you can keep that under control. Absolutely. Great advice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everybody has to keep in mind. Um, so and that and try out, I would say from the organic listing, uh, try out the $2 coupon too. Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's surprising how definitely. well that actually works. Yep, yep, uh, definitely, definitely. And um, lastly, would you like to say something about PPC scope and uh, would you like to share how, yeah. Here's what I tell you is that, um, and, and this is not officially announced yet, but we're, we're shifting PPC scope to 
uh, we've pivoted it over to in the last few months, we pivoted over to more of uh, supporting the needs of consultants and agencies. Uh -huh. um, my own agency, we have our own in-house technology because it's a lot, it's a lot more advanced. But um, as far as the PPC scope platform goes, it's going to be primarily shifting come January 1st over to supporting what we call basically the pro, the, the pro accounts, which are more for consultants and agencies. And so there's going to be a lot more features available for them. Uh, there's plenty of other, other solutions on the market for the typical seller. We're not, it's not like we're kicking anybody out the door, but we're going to stop taking on just the standard seller and focus more on the agency side with some more of the advanced features. Um, and then as far as, you know, obviously my, my flagship, my 90% of my focus and time, of course, is with uh, Canopy. Um, and that's, uh, if you don't mind me plugging the URL here, it's, uh, it's uh, www.canopy.management. That's actually the URL. Uh, we cater to, uh, typically we cater to the million dollar a year sellers or above. Um, but we do a phenomenal job um, internally. It's, we, we have a team of 17 um, on our agency staff. Um, and so we, we outwork everybody else. Um, we are a boutique agency. So we do, uh, we, it's basically, it's uh, for, for those premium sellers, we provide a premium level of service and premium results. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that canopy management. So that's, that's my, that's my love right now. So <laughs> fantastic. And maybe uh, all of your PPC scope sellers, you can send them over to seller app PPC analyzer. <laughs> and uh, awesome. Awesome. So I think that's a wrap on such a wonderful session with you, Brian. Thank you for coming onto the show. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. And um, if you like the video, do give us a thumbs up, do subscribe to our YouTube channel for more great content, do follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and do go to sellerapp.com and uh, sign up for a seven-day free trial. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you and goodbye.